Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. I'm here at Wendy's. They were kind enough to let us come and pay through the drive-thru for Love the City. Yes, yes. It's a blessing. Awesome, man. I didn't expect it. We cleaned out a couple of really focal flower beds that people pay attention to as they go through the neighborhood. They really needed a lot of love and they now say people care. To see the love in their faces and in their heart, I mean, as they were coming in to give the gift bags, and it just felt good. I mean, they have a heart on their shirt. It's not just seeing the symbol of the heart, but their hearts. help for food until Tuesday and then all of a sudden this wonderful person shows up with a bag of groceries at the door to City Life Church that I've heard about we kept meaning to go and now we have like you know invitations so we're gonna be there on Sunday thank you so much that was the video from the first week love the city we had this crazy idea that we could raise $20,000. We had two tragic deaths in the church that year, and two of the families decided to match funds and give $7,500 total to the church. And then the rest of the church raised $13,000. And then in year one, we went out there and just started painting the whole town with God's love. We were at Aldi's buying groceries, and it was, I believe, Labor Day, and the uh, so it's a holiday, and there was a girl there from the news who needed a story that day, and she's right behind us going, what in the world do you guys all this stuff? So next thing you know, we're on the news. They start sharing it, God's love, and then the story at the end is when uh, they, we were passing out groceries on Baker, and there was um, some of our team led by Lacey was like, let's just go one more house, one more block kind of vibe. And that was Robin in the story who had been praying that she would have groceries because she wasn't getting more until Tuesday. Robin came to City Life. Robin got born again, gave her life to Jesus. Robin got baptized and Robin's now on the dream team here. Yeah. So God does some big things when we just say yes. Today, I want to allow us to get in the, the, the wave pool of what God is doing here and what we mean by love the city and help us catch it more than learn it, more caught than taught, so to speak. And I think it's so important that we unlearn and learn many times following Jesus and in life. It's a very helpful principle. Not assuming that I know and assuming what I don't know allows us to get further on the way. And when we say love the city, we're not meaning that, that uh, it, it's an emphasis that we got to go uh, force something towards somebody and people need a handout, but love the city is just who we are. 
people aren't projects. People are precious, made in the image of God. And we come as a friend trying to learn to let people know they're loved, belong, and have purpose. People long to know that. And it's not an event. It's more of a front porch experience of a philosophy and methodology that we long for immersion with uh, indigenous lifestyle connection points, holistically loving people. And I want to read a very familiar passage to many of us. This might, you might have found this on a Hallmark card, on a canvas on your wall. Maybe it's on your fridge at home. And, 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 and uh, yeah, so let's read it. So Jeremiah 29, 11. Come on, let's read this together. For I know the plans I have for you. Come on, I can't hear you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Pause. Anyone ever heard that one before? Come on. Somebody's heard that one. Anyone ever said that? Yeah, for I know the plans the Lord has for me. Yeah. Then, still gets even better. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me, and when you seek me with all your heart. God's got a great future for us, and he hears us, and he listens. When we seek him, he finds us, and he meets us. It's beautiful. But to fully understand this passage, we got to rewind. The backdrop of it, I think, will be startling to many. It's very important to read the context because God's given them hope that is beyond their present circumstance. Jeremiah 29, 4, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Jerusalem being God's city with God's people that exude his qualities and what his kingdom about is about. The moral standard that there's an authority that reflects who God is. Now Babylon. The exact opposite of what God represents. Wicked rule, demonic forces in power, oppression, business transactions done in a way that would never reflect equality or opportunity, abuse, killing, sexual onslaught, traffic on a high level of all types of people, and saying, hey, that place where you've been taken exile that you're in now in exile, that you were taken captive and in this place, that you don't want to be, guess what? I sent you there. Whoa. For any of us, if we've ever found ourselves in a place that we don't want to be in, maybe we need to quit blaming the enemy and see the opportunity that God is saying, I sent you there. Here's what he tells us to do. He gives us a job description. He says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens. I want you to show what my love and my kingdom qualities look like. Eat their produce. So you can be present with the Babylonians. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. So don't go hide and retreat. Bloom where you're planted. Let them all see. Come on, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, you know. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, yeah. Let it shine. A light really shines when it's in a dark place. For too long, Jesus' followers, 
specifically, I'd say the Western church, we have bought into the lie that it needs to feel pretty and perfect for God's light to be shown. And in fact, when prayer gets taken out of school, what do we want to do sometimes? I'm just going to go start my own. Fine. If I can't use Jesus' name here, I'm out. Slow slow down. Slow down. Because God's, this is, Tim Keller debates that this is one of the most fundamental uh, chapters of how Christianity has played out in our world, period. That the gospel's, it's one story all about the gospel, how's the gospel lived and what God wants to do until he comes back, Jeremiah 29. So now it makes sense, right? Like for the plans I have for you. And here's the, here's the verse of the DNA of city life. What is in the, the Kool-Aid here, the concentration pack? Uh, for any, any Kool-Aid advocates out there, man, everybody knows you don't just use the, the single, you, you, you start making your own flavors with grape and cherry. You know, you do that kind of stuff. I mean, I had, you could send in so many packets where you'd get the Kool-Aid. Um, you'd actually get the Kool-Aid guy and you could make Kool-Aid in the Kool-Aid guy. Yeah. Yeah, we had that. And if you didn't, you don't get it. But that's what's, that you need to get it because this, this is in the DNA of city life. Here's our Kool-Aid pack. And this isn't just one flavor. This is multiple flavors. Come on. We look differently, right? We come from different backgrounds. We like different things. Not all of us make the same money. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. The word welfare means shalom. And it means seek spiritually, physically, and emotionally the benefit of all people. Not just those who say, hey, I love Jesus. Let's not discount those who don't know Jesus yet because they're made in the image of our God who deserve an opportunity to meet Jesus, not meet an institution, but meet a Savior who loves them. And as we do that, as we seek the shalom and we pray to the Lord on his behalf, check it. For in the city's welfare, we will find our welfare. Is it possible that our shalom right now in this day and age is tied to the success of the 517 and the benefit for all people? So we got to quit the mindset that says it's only for my tribe. We can be in the city and still all about ourselves. We could be in this room and still only here for selfish reasons. We have to then think of how do we redistribute information, education, love, opportunity. And that's challenging. But it's worth it. Not saying we're going to do it perfect. It's messy loving people. But by God's grace, for his glory and his story alone, he's going to continue to do a great work here. Check this slide out. It says, good works, goodwill, good news. I remember listening to uh, City Life Philly's Servolution Week, which is similar to our Love the City Week. And Pastor Brad goes, Hey, uh, we're going to go out there and love people, and it's going to show our good works, which is going to create goodwill with people and then ultimately create room for the good news. I remember being frustrated hearing that at first because I'm like, wait, whether we have good works or we have goodwill doesn't discount the beauty of the good news. The good news demands, like, everyone should hear that. And there's this, this quote out there that, I think can distort, like, preach the gospel and use words when necessary. Well, yeah, there's truth to that, but there's better humanitarians out there than the church many times. So it's not that the church is the greatest display of whether we can recycle or we create, you know, we end world hunger. The greatest news we carry is that every person is dead apart from an all-new living experience in, in Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. As I wrestled with that thought, I thought, hmm, that's the exact equation for America. 
People are sick of hearing what the church knows. They want to see it. Good works, goodwill, good news. When we were knocking on doors before, um, you know, the church got on this side of town, we, there's been some, some withdrawals of churches in this area. There's been some churches that have had to close and um, some that have left and not, I don't know all the variables, but I know that the people felt um, a little forgotten. And one time we knocked on somebody's door and they're like, the church, we've been tithing, we've been giving, and y'all never come here. We're like, well, I don't know about then, but we're here right now. Next thing you know, our team starts mowing, hanging out, and it's the same people that start coming to church and hanging out. Because what happened is they didn't meet an institution, they started to meet Jesus. And the equation, good works, created good, new goodwill, which then led room for, to share the good news. So on the back of our truck, it says, you are loved, belong, and have purpose. We all long to know that we're loved, right? Come on. That's why some of us are in some bad relationships, because they said, I love you, but then in the same breath, it's like, whoa, that action doesn't line up. <laughs> and we all want to know that we belong, we're part of a family, and we all want to know that we have purpose, that we wake up, and that our life matters, and we have meaning. And on the back of our truck, there was somebody who saw our truck in the fabricator's parking lot. They pull over, because they read the back of it, they... This is an hour and a half away. They go inside. They say, whose truck is that? It says, you're loved, belong, and have purpose. And they go, oh, it's the church in Lansing. I just wanted to tell you that it made my day today, so I wanted to come in and thank you. Wait, what? Because you got you to unlearn. you got to, yeah. So seeking to love the city is a natural response of being loved. It's a natural response. We're going to hear from some people today. I want to call this stage the panel. Come on, give it up for the panel. And I want to read 1 Corinthians 10, 31 as they're coming. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. One of the lies I remember believing was when I was selling cars, I was on the phone with one of my friends, Tony Stone, who is an associate pastor now. And I said, man, I can't wait for when I'm in ministry. And he goes, uh, fam, you're in ministry. I'm like, what do you mean? like, you selling cars? As if ministry is only on Sunday? And see, I would have passed that test in Bible class. I would have been like, of course, because it was here, but it wasn't here. I wonder if some of us have only thought that somehow God only relates to here, right? But he relates to here everywhere. So today is a great time to say, okay, it's the common situations. It's the quote-unquote common folk, if you will, the day-to-day that God's using in our jobs, throughout our life, that are the most special moments. It's not the performance. It's when we are all alone in our day-to-day grind, and we'll get to hear from people that are loving the city in such a beautifully way, and I hope that we relate and connect as we hear some of them share their story of why their work serves the city, why they love it, and, and, and a Bible verse that connects them. And first up, we got Carrie. Hi, my name is Carrie, and I'm in full-time ministry in the Lansing School District. Uh. (laughs) I was a stay-at-home mom that started subbing. Um, My favorite places to sub were Everett, Sexton, and Eastern. I'm an Eastern graduate. Go Quakers in the house. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I quickly learned, because of all that God has forgiven me of and the love that I've allowed him to give me, how much I had love for others, and I could see that was his plan for me to be in the schools. 
And uh, Teresa's here. She's one of the first that I got to know. Um, and I just was just being myself, asking questions. How are you? What's going on with your life? And, you know, you can do that when you're a sub because you're not really focused on curriculum. You're focused on just the kids. So that was great. And then over time, I began to learn that I needed to just do life because I'm not, you know, I've got my issues, right? Everybody does. So um, I got a position as a secretary at Eastern, and it was for 7th and 8th graders. And talk about a place where you have an opportunity to love, but also a place of fire for yourself. It's true. So I learned how to live life there um, and just live life with them. Uh, some of the people that I got to know when I first started subbing go to this church now, which is so amazing and so wonderful, and it's a great experience to see some of those familiar faces out there. Um, so then God promoted me again, but I was yielding. I didn't want to leave Eastern. I was working with diabetic kids and kids that needed medication, and they would come in, and we would talk, and we would talk about parent situations and, you know, how can you honor your parents and accept responsibility, things like this. So I didn't want to leave them. I felt like I needed to be there. but So I let this position go that I knew the Lord was tugging at me about. And then two weeks later, it came up again. <laughs> and the Lord said, this is your grace. It's time for you to take this position. So I was just following that leading and just living life and being, being me, being the, one, the person that God wanted me to be. And all the long, I didn't realize all these people, they were the one, the one. Everyone that God would bring to me, they were the one. So now the one for me is the executive director of the Office of School Culture. And that promotion um, put me in a place of an armor bearer. For those of you who don't know what that is, I basically protect her. I do whatever I can to advance the vision of our department. And it's a new department in the district that's responsible for transforming the culture and climate to a more positive and predictable one of the district. We are all Christians. It is amazing what God is about to do in this district, and I'm so thankful that he's put me there. So now I'm going slow to go fast. I'm in an office where I pray, and I get to see the infrastructure of the whole district and watch what God is doing and be a part of that, and I'll move when he says move. That's good. So I wanted to share the scripture that actually has been my lifelong scripture that I see living out in me now, and it's First uh, Timothy 4.12. Uh, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Yes, I'm young. <laughs> but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Down to verse 15. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. That's good. Come on, give it up for Carrie. Thank you for being faithful in the schools, carrying the love. Kay. Hi, everybody. I am Kay Perkins, and I also work for the Lansing School District. I am uh, work for a grant, REAP, REAP uh, student um, guest teacher. In addition to that, I also have a company with my family where we do holistic counseling, um, and we help people take a holistic approach to living life. So we focus on aligning the mind, body, and spirit together to live the life that you always wanted to live. In addition to that, we had such a passion for ministry with my husband being a pastor that we began to create holistic coaching, teaching, um, workshops, and we also do curriculum as well. We saw that 
in the church, it was like whole hurt people perpetuating hurt people. But we wanted to start a new culture of healthy, healthy people making healthy people. So in that transition, I've always wanted to be the one person to go after the one, saving one life at a time. And that's just always been who I have been in my life. And although I have always been saved, I always served in every capacity, just helping people out of the goodness of my heart. But that step from salvation, from not being saved to salvation made me do a mind shift of not only serving people, but why am I serving people? Am I doing it to fulfill my own personal need or am I doing it to be unto the glory of God? And so in that transition, I began to start to focus and to do things and to realize that I'm called to a specific group of people, my tribe. So my tribe is students, lifelong students, K-12 students. I worked in college um, and I've always been a mentor, a coach, helping people to get to where they need to be in life. And that's always been my pride and joy. But in knowing that, it's just like, God, what would you have me to do in the next phase of my life? And he led me to city life, the place that my unicorn that I've been searching for my whole life to be able to love the city in a more direct and community type way. And I've been also been mindful of why I serve. And that's why I chose the scripture that I did this morning, because I, when I meet God, I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Um, but my scripture, my scripture is Matthew 7 and 23. And it says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So be conscious and aware of why the things you do, things that you do, and do things as heartily unto the Lord, not just to do it because you can, because that doesn't give God glory. And in the end, we all want to make it in. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Kay. Give it up for Kay. Uh, that's the first time I've heard City Life described as a unicorn, and that's amazing. Uh, shout out to my niece. Um, just Adelaide got, uh, gave our daughter a unicorn picture that said Dreamer on it. And anyways, anyways, so that was so cool. Yeah, unicorns are cool in our house. Unicorns are real. They are. <laughs> Carlos. Hello, my name is Carlos Garcia. I am a customer service supervisor for the U.S. Postal Service. Um, and I'm, you know, serving the city, serving the customers. I had started off as a letter carrier and, you know, I had just the customers on my route. Well, zoom out the past two years being in uh, supervision, I have the whole city to uh, deal with customers, whether it's, you know, calling in, making online uh, complaints. So just, you know, learning. I'm sorry. <laughs> just learning, you know, from them. And there's a quote that I read this past week from Robert Kiyosaki says, work to learn, not to earn. And I just asked the Lord, like, you know, because as soon as I punch that clock, I'm earning. So I was like, how can I work to learn, you know? He said, you know, learn more about them 63 carriers that you have to supervise. Learn more about them customers that are calling in mad because they didn't get their mail, didn't get their check. And um, so just, yeah, that's just dealing with that. Um, just encouraging the carriers, right? Because they're out on the street Monday through Saturday, you know. They're dealing with customers every day and just encouraging them. Just four little words like have a, be safe out there. I mean, that goes a long way because... 
you know, they're stressed out, whatever, and just tell them to be safe, you know, is that goes a long way. So maybe that'll change up their day because a lot of customers out there, that's the only person they see, you know, their mailman. So, yeah, that's the approach that I've been, uh, you know, doing this past quarter and then going into 2020, just learning more, learning more on my job. And there's so much to learn there and uh, just, you know, loving loving the uh, customers, loving the uh, carriers and, you know, my other coworkers. But the verse that I uh, have just been, you know, dealing with all year, you know, just working upon the Lord, you know. I don't work for man. You know, I work for the Lord. In uh, Colossians 3, 23 and 24, it says, whatever job you are doing, do it well. You know, remember that you are serving the Lord. You know you're not the... You are not only serving people, you know that you will receive the good things that the Lord has promised to his people. He will give you what is right for you. The Lord Jesus Christ is the master that you work for. So, I mean, I think that's just clutch, you know, just going in every day because it could be stressful, you know. There could be days, especially coming up peak season during the holidays. So just knowing that, you know, I'm working for the Lord, I serve him first and then, all the rest will just follow. It's huge. And Carlos, you said that that is your Allen Iverson, LeBron yeah, James, LeBron, Kobe Bryant verse, right? Because yep, Colossians 3, 23, and 24. Yeah, that's how I try to remember. That's how he tries to remember, you know what I'm saying? The verses, and, you know. And that's why it's like practice. Numbers. What do you mean? Please, please people, what do you mean? You know, we're yeah. there to please God, you know? So that, so. that makes me, you know, memorize <laughs> the remember it. A little, little and, I, and one of the things I love, because we've been in a relationship a long time, so I can speak about this, but when you were carrying mail, you had multiple times that you got attacked by a dog. Yeah, what, never over, been bit. Thank you, Jesus. But what, 10 times? Over 10 had, times? Yeah, over 10 times I've had. Right? So put dogs your dogs on a me. chain. Like, what's yeah. up, you know? Yeah, so, keep them in the house until about <laughs> yeah. after 3.30. Well, thank five. you, Carlos, for letting yeah. us know how you're loving the city. Come on. Taylor. Hello, everyone. I'm Taylor Jackson, and I'm a community health navigator for Blue Cross Complete. I'm sure there's times that all of us have felt um, alone, forgotten, afraid, and over our heads. And the beautiful thing is we probably have a friend, a family member, or a church body that comes beside us and and helps uh, give us the resources to empower us to move forward. But there's a lot of people in our community that just don't have anyone who's in their corner fighting for them. Uh, so the beautiful thing about my role is that I get a list of people every month that are in poor health and are financially poor. And my role is to call them, to try to connect with them, to schedule doctor's visits um, and, and transportation to go see the doctor. But folks who are um, struggling with having food in the house, who need utility assistance, maybe their lights are out, it's not really their priority to go remember their doctor's appointment next Tuesday. It's just not. So um, another part of my role is connecting them to resources that they need, um, which is really cool. Um, 
And if I can't get in touch with them by phone, because maybe they didn't have enough money to pay for their phone that month, uh, then I get to go knock on their door, try to see if I can, can help them that way. If I can't find them there because they moved or they got evicted, then it's finding their pharmacy and seeing if, um, if they have an updated address that I can go reach them out at. It's really, uh, it's really cool because it's like an extension of our mission here to love the city one life at a time. I get to really try to pursue um, those who are forgotten. And I was reflecting on this when I was sharing, when I was thinking about what I'd share, and I was thinking, you know, my role is really not unique because all of us are called to be messengers for God. Um, all of us are called to find the forgotten. Um, I, I kind of think of God up up there, you know, he's in heaven and just looking to, to connect with people who want to further his mission of what he wants to do. And he doesn't have to partner with us. He chooses to, which is such a privilege. Um, my grandma tells me every single day, she's a retired woman. Um, she goes, you know what, Taylor, I pray to God and I tell him, um, please put for, um, someone in front of me that I can help today. And she goes, and you know what? God answered me today. I found someone in the bathroom. I found somebody um, on the side of the road. I stopped and helped them change their tire. You know, she's just, all, but you have to ask and God always shows up. So um, my verse that I'd like to share is uh, Isaiah 6, 8. Then I hear the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people who will go for us and Isaiah at the time he just he was feeling guilty for his sins and and God came in and told him you know I have grace for that um, I forgive you and, and I want to partner with you and so Isaiah then responds he goes here I am send me he's excited to partner with God so um, we all have the opportunity and um, it's awesome to be able to say yes come on I know somebody here is saying here I am send me Lord here I am. Like, that is a huge, huge, huge. And I love that you shared, like, the backdrop. Isaiah is like, I'm not worthy. God's like, huh, my grace cleans you. Here I am. Send me. Thank you. We're all partnering up with God. It's beautiful. Carla. Hi, I'm Carla Brooks, and I run Lansing Family Fun, which is a website that is resources for families. Um, to know what's going on in our city. Uh, super fun things or um, ideas, uh, free things to do with your kids and your family. Um, but it was really birthed out of um, us just saying, there's nothing to do here. <laughs> like, um, we're, we are both from, I'm half from the West Coast and half from here, and he's from the West Coast. So we just, for years, tried to figure out how we could get back to the West Coast. Um, but as we... Or just actually more, it was him. <laughs> it's like, hey, God has just blessed us and answered so many prayers with community and our church and um, our kids and our family. And so we need to stop saying that and stop fighting being here. This is where we're planted and figure out what there is to do here. Um, and so we kind of went back to the roots of when I was a kid trying to see, well, where can I take my kid? Because honestly, as a mom, um, when you make that transition, uh, you think, I don't know. I thought, how can I still be me? I have this, these kids, and it's a lot of work, and I'm not sleeping, and there's all that stuff, but I still want to be me. I still have something to give to the world. And so, um, yeah, the site was really birthed out of saying, you can still have fun. <laughs> you can still have tons of stuff to do. Um, and so, yeah, I started writing that in um, April of last year, and now we're just past a year, and, um, you know, there's 
thousands of people who are now looking on it and going, oh, there's stuff to do. Let's get out. Um, the last service, I read the other verse we read earlier in, during worship um, about, you know, just being content where you are and finding joy in that. And so this service, I thought, maybe read Second John 1, 12. And the back story of this is he's just writing to a group of people, telling them all things he wants to say and um, some advice and stuff. And in verse 12, he says, I have much to write to you, but I don't want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. And that's really what I'm doing is just I'm writing all of this stuff for you guys um, so that we can all get out and have community. It's really the heart of it is based in that we can get out and spend time with our families and connect and have joy in Lansing. That's so good. Look at this. This is the website, LansingFamilyFun.com. One of the sections I love at the website, it says Lansing Area Things to Do, and it's got all these different blog posts, and it's, we're, you're a huge inspiration to our family, because I don't, I don't think about, like, it's cool to hang out with my family. I know that. I got that part of it, like, kind of flowing, but what to do, like, I'm like, wait, what do we do? What do we do? We just do whatever you're doing. So that's been so cool because we like, we're leading each other, you guys, right? We're, we're, we're following one another and leading and serving. And so thank you for letting us learn and creating a resource to make it possible and affordable ideas and all of that. So if you're not subscribed to that, I would. Um, and she was modest this service, but there's over 70,000 people that it's reaching monthly. And if someone here needs to be 70,001 if you're not a part of that list yet, okay? You know what I'm saying? Solo. Well, I'm Solo Brooks. Um, like you said, I'm from the West Coast, so I have a um, really, really strong draw to artists, to music, all of those things. Um, and, and I didn't say it's the last service, but God, you know, looking back on it, God used art to lead me to him. Uh, my grandmother took custody of me and during a bad situation of my life. She put me into performing arts junior high school, then I went to performing arts high school. And then from there, I met a group of people who were into art, who were believers. And then we formed a larger group, and we just toured the world and did all these great things. But looking back on that, you know, knowing that God grabbed a hold of me through that, I come to the city, and we're trying to find a place to have an outlet, or what are the outlets here for artists? And I found that there was, wasn't many, because a lot of things were kind of clumped together in collectives. And so I spent a lot of time talking to people, going to my friends' events, like, hey, what, what's missing? What are you looking for? Um, and out of that was birthed outside in. Um, outside in means think outside the box. You'll never be trapped in one. That's the basics of it. And so through this, I'm able to provide a place for people to have an outlet. Uh, there's, there's a lot of let's say, outcast, talented outcast everywhere you go. And these are people who feel they don't have a voice. And so they're getting a chance to get on stage and share their gift. And I'm, I'm doing these events for free. Uh, the way I worked it out is the owners of the space pay me. I put the event on. Um, but I'm getting a chance to see these people share their most vulnerable parts most of the time. People can be very vulnerable when it comes to their music. And so I'm, I'm getting a chance to know people and share who I am. And a lot of the times the response is pretty funny because they're like, Christians aren't supposed to be in club. What are you doing here? So it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun to break the stereotype, uh, so to say. And, um, my scripture is 1 John 3.18. Uh, it's uh, Dear Children, 
let us not love through words and speech, but actions and truth. Um, and I take, take pride in my truth. You know, God sent his only son to die for my sins and told me to be a light to the world and love my neighbors. So um, this is the way that he's allowed me to be able to do that and share with people, um, share a space with people to be vulnerable. You said a phrase that I think is so true, like Christians in the club, like what does that look like? We shouldn't believe or shouldn't be here or whatever that idea. But, but there's a difference of like someone who's following Jesus who's in the club, like, you know what I mean? Like, like another one, Jagerbaum, like, and then, but, but wait a second. So should we just separate all the time or shouldn't we be present where people are? And so absolutely, wherever there's people, there should be uh, believers on mission. And we don't have to be partaking in the same type of level of, we need to be a thermostat, not a thermo- but we're not judging. It's really important. We're with, not above. And so it's so cool. It's vital and it's essential that we start seeing, and that's what the panel here is painting this picture for us, start seeing every area for God in whatever we do, whether we eat or we drink, we work, we're working for the Lord, right? Come on, give it up for our panel, laboring in love. Come on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Come on, Labor Day weekend, laboring in love. Come on, do it again. Come on, give it up. Now, I hope as you're hearing those stories, you start to think, I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is making connections where you can see that the smallest of responsibility in our lives that no one else sees, God does. And we can do it for him. We can show what his love is looks like to the world. I want to read Matthew chapter 5 as we're getting ready to land the plane. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. We've had bad theology, followers of Jesus. People have thought that if we're, you know, the city set on a hill, Look at us. We're the Christians. In fact, sometimes even proximity, finding the highest place on a hill. (laughs) When Jesus did the exact opposite, he found the lowest places to pitch his tent, to be the tabernacle, to be amongst us. So a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, but that's a figure of speech to hyperbolize the beauty of what it means to seek the welfare of the city. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. The point is that we're trying to help other people see, not condemn them. God sent his son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Not to condemn them, but that through him they may have life. So in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Look at that. You know, Jesus, his job description in Luke chapter 4, he has this cool, cool, cool moment where he shows up in a church service and he reads a scroll from Isaiah. And he, and he, and he has a drop the mic moment. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. How can you proclaim good news to the poor if we're not close to the poor? Got to be close. And how can we think that other people are poor when we're poor, apart from Jesus? 
So we're with. We're not looking down. We're amongst. It's a really cool thing. And Jesus has sent me, uh, God sent Jesus to uh, proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So what Jesus is saying, look, this has been fulfilled in the presence of all of you because Jesus is this. He's the embodiment of this. He flows with this. He cares to bring freedom to all people holistically, spiritually, economically, emotionally. But before he ever did anything, before he had his Love the City Week, signs and wonders, the neatest part is just the chapter before in Luke chapter 3 when Jesus is baptized. Check this out. Now, when all the people were being baptized, and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And what God was saying was, before my son does anything, I love my son because he's my son. And I want you all to know that I'm pleased with my son. This is very important that we recognize before we ever go do anything, we can't earn God's love. It's the nature of who he is. And as we receive his love, it's a gift from above. And then when we put our faith in Jesus, we are not orphans, but we are adopted in. Our sins are forgiven. We're brand new washed. And that when God talks about us before we clock in, before we're at home, and how he says and how he speaks, he says, that's my boy, that's my girl, in whom I am well pleased. Mic drop. It's beautiful. So I'd ask this question for us to marinate this week in the spirit of Labor Day and thinking of us laboring, you know, and getting a day off, eating some food. My Nana invited me to the Cascades in Jackson. Before any of that kind of stuff, to marinate in everything I do, everything I do, to ask this question. Can you pull that question up? Does it reflect one who is loved by Jesus? Like, do I reflect one who's already loved? Or am I trying to gain approval? Am I working as one who's approved? Approved? I'm approved already. Jesus said so. Am I going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Are a lot of people going to do good works? For sure. But when I flow out of that love, now I want other people to meet that love. I'm loved to love. And so the essence then is whatever I'm doing, does it bring God glory? Because that's the only stuff that will last. That's the only work that will last. That's the only Love the City projects that will last. And so we're going to close. We have, um, in just a couple weeks here, a great opportunity to go out and paint God's love throughout the whole city um, with the culture that God has called us to carry and bring. And as you are in this place, each one of us have a story. It's very important. And our occupation reflects of who God is, whatever we're doing. There is no job too small. There is nothing common to God. There is no commons to God. I used to collect baseball cards, and there would be commons. They're only worth like a penny, whatever, commons. And if it had an error on it, it was worth more. There's this famous Cal Ripken card that somebody uh, wrote a swear word on one of the pieces of tape. (laughs) And the error was worth more. And I think about that with God. It's like the more obscure things, the more things people see as common, they're worth more to him. He just has this way of having affinity for what seems to be small. He makes large. 
And so that's important for us to get. Like, get. We're not common. Everything we do is important. And we're not in it alone. We're connected. All these stories remind us, man, we need all this, don't we? I mean, shout out to the mail coming on time. I've complained. We have a goal to raise $20,000. And here in this church, we have leaders that go first. They go first in a way not to say, look at us. They go first in a way to, to go slay some giants, to empower for us to go slay more. And they sacrifice behind the scenes to help love and create an environment of love and love the city one life at a time. So we got in a room, 50 of us, last week and listened to Pastor Tommy share some stories about giving. And we decided to pledge. And that 50 in that room pledged $17,170 already. Towards our goal, $17,170 already. How are we going to complete the rest? Here, look, we, we definitely can get the rest, okay? Let's do it. But let's not stop there. Last year, we raised 25, and every dollar on top of 20,000, we're going to keep going. We're going to do this, and you can go to the giving uh, on the City Life Lansing page in the app, check Love the City, and then if you want more details specifically on Love the City coming up, lovethecity.org. I want you to check this video out from last year's recap to stir our minds up and what's just going to happen in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.